Well, 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 the Maple Leafs finally made the round two, and then everybody's celebrating, people on the streets, and yada, yada, yada. Well, I gotta be fucking honest with you, I don't give a shit. I missed it, because I was in Texas, which I'll talk about in a little bit, uh, expecting game seven on Monday. But, you know, I'm surprised that they finished the job, although they got outplayed all except for game two in this series. But, you know, also, I just, you know, I, I'm just glad that they exorcised the demon. You know, I still remember that first round when they had 19 years ago against the Ottawa Senators. Joe Neuendijk scored twice on Patrick Lalim or something. At least that was a winning goal that I remember. Uh, and then they lost to the Flyers two years in a row back-to-back. Um, but that said, I gotta say, the stars are aligning for the, the Maple Leafs this season. And I'm cautiously optimistic. I think they got the big monkey off their back. I said it a year ago when they lost to the Lightning. I just said, well, I think that became a proof, the proof, especially after the Lightning went to the final last year, that they have the fucking talent. It's between their fucking ears. And they overcame it this year, despite getting outplayed. Now, is it because Tampa's a better team? I don't think so. I think the Leafs were just like, Caught off, you know, have the sheer number of better talent and better players and better skill players in Tampa and much healthier. But I just thought it was between the years and it's a mental at that point. And, you know, they overcame it. They won it. Great. I think the big monkey's off their back. So, and then they're not going to overlook Florida, which is the right thing to do. You know, don't forget that the Florida Panthers were the President's Cup winners last year. You know, most of that core is back. You know, although they you know, blew it up and got new players. But I think they got better players like Matthew Kachuk, who's basically Brad Marchand, Milan Lucic, but in between, I would say. They upset the Bruins. I was suspicious about the Bruins. I don't care about the historic records. Every time there's an NHL team that sets a pres- you know, sets the wins and then the points record, a loss of 95 Red Wings. You know, I just, or, or even like whatever, Tampa, a couple years ago when they got upset by the Blue Jackets in the first round, the last time that I said the Leafs should have fucking won and they ended up losing to the team that went to the final and should have won the Boston Bruins in 2019 Santa Cup final, but the Bruins fucking choked it against the Blues. You know, I just go like, you know, this team has talent. They have the capability to do it. They just need to fucking get it done. And now the Bruins are eliminated. And then, you know, my other team, the Seattle Kraken, upset the Avs, who did not look that great. Uh, and they, they were stacked with injuries and yada, yada, yada. But Kraken got outplayed, I'll be honest. But they scored in every single fucking... Score first in every single fucking game. You know, and then the Avs are out. And then if you look at the Eastern Conference, you got the Panthers, you got the Devils, who are the young up-and-coming team, who showed some perseverance against the Rangers after being down. I think that was like... They were, like, psyched about it uh, coming into the playoffs. And then I, this is the one time I cheer for the Devils over the Rangers. I don't know why. You know, I usually I go the other way. And then the Panthers beat the Islanders, who, you know, Islanders barely made it to the playoffs. And then I just go, like, and then the, did I say Panthers? Hurricanes, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, the Hurricanes. Uh, you know, they, they don't. They lost their star players. And I think they're on a shaky ground, although they're a solid team. So, I don't buy the Hurricanes. Devils are young and up and coming. You cannot oversee, you know, 
look their speed. But, you know, to me, and then the Panthers, you know, they're going to come grinding. You know, they just grind it out, you know, what they're capable of. So it leaves me to show the fuck up. That, that said, I think the Leafs are the best path forward to get to the Western Conference Final. Kraken are going to play the Stars. And uh, who, who's the other matchup? I think, uh, what the fuck was it? Edmonton versus Vegas. And Vegas is, has an upper advantage. You know, and Vegas is playing like the 2018, uh, yeah, 2018 final team right now. So, you know, I, I think the, this is the best shot the Leafs have since the fucking pandemic bubble league that we had with the four divisions a couple of years ago. So, to me, it's all or nothing. If they don't get to the final and win it, it's a fucking failure. And then you go, where do you go from here? You bring it back. I, like, I guess you could, but I just go like, I don't know. This is such a golden opportunity, you know? So, but that's it. I'll, I'll say, as much as you heard my rant about NHL and hockey dying and shit, that was probably the best first-round playoffs that I've seen in a, in a while. I was pretty captivated. I'm sure there, was, there were seasons that I really paid attention uh, like 2019 or something. Uh, that was also entertaining, 2019. But, uh, you know, I, I lost interest as soon as the Leafs blew it against the Bruins. And then I said, the Leafs-Raptors dynasty could have happened. 2019 was going to be Toronto year. But you know what? If it's four years later, at least the Leafs win. They need to win this season. This is their best, like, best path forward. You, all the contenders are basically gone other than Edmonton and Vegas who are basically going to eliminate each other at this point. So this is their fucking chance. This is their fucking chance. If they don't fucking do it, I'm fucking done. And then, <laughs> and then I say I'm done and then I come back. It's been, I've been a fan for like fucking 22 years at this point, right? Uh, and then, uh, you know, that was exciting. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, game one's going to start tonight, the time of this recording. I'm recording this a Tuesday afternoon while I have an open time here, so what's going to happen. Um, in the meantime, the the Super Bowl for the ladies, the cis ladies, are, you know, or not even cis, you know, it could be it could be trans and then it could be anybody, you know. But according to my fiance, she says it's a Super Bowl, her Super Bowl, which is a Met Gala. That was last night, you had the red carpet coming out. I think the theme this year was uh Carl Eiffel. Um, you know, I just go like, you know, I'll I'll I know more celebrities more than her for some reason. But, you know, do I know design and all that? Roughly. But I'm not a moron. I knew who was standing next to Stella McCartney, which is Aubrey Plaza. Yada, yada, yada. So we watched this thing last night. You know, I was, like, busy cooking and all that stuff, too. So we see who comes out and then kind of thing, you know, kind of watch it in my peripheral vision. And then, you know, I think the live stream was going from, like, 7 to 9 or, like, 6 to 9 at that point. And then I was like, oh, who could be the last entrant? It's like, I'm watching Royal Rumble. And there's, who's the entrant number 30? You know, surprise entrance. We all knew who the fuck it was, which is <clears throat> Rihanna, Riri. But I just go like, I gotta be fucking honest. Rihanna has been fucking underwhelming all fucking year. Starting with the Super Bowl, and then this fucking thing. She late shows, you know, way after 9 o'clock. I think they extended the coverage until 9.22. And then... She came out with a dress that was like, all right. I mean, it fit the color scheme with all white. But I just go like, what the fuck was that? I know that's a lot of flowers to put on there. I'm, you know, but I just go like, I was underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed. Just like how I was underwhelmed and was not paying attention during the Super Bowl performance, other than I said it back, you know, what was it? Almost three months ago now. I was like, I was so distracted that she's pregnant again. I was like, didn't she just pop a baby and then she's pregnant again? With ASAP Rocky? 
And I just go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this dress is like, sorry, I guess a pregnancy wear too, because it's only been three months ago that she announced that she was pregnant again. Congratulations to her. But I just go like, that's your main event? That's your fucking main event? I'm having my like Stephen A. Smith moments. Like, I'm going to answer you line by line, JJ Reddick. You know, all that shit. I just go, I was very underwhelmed. <laughs> I was disappointed. And then we like stayed on the live stream extra 20 minutes and say, is he going to come? Is he going to show? And then show. You know, and then Carl like Phil. So you get basically all the, you know, Chanel blue, white, you know, black and white colors and some red. And, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, it wasn't a hard, you know, dress out affair for the Met Gala, I, I gotta say. It's just like, it's pretty standard. Uh, Jared Leto came out as a, I don't know, the, the whole cat, which is fascinating. White cat. Um, I'm sorry, Cauca- non-Hispanic Caucasian cat. Uh, so it came out as that, and then somebody said it's a flurry, and I'm like, that, that, ain't, that ain't one of those people. It, it was a legitimate cat, not an anime cat. So, you know, that was cool, but I just go like, cool, cool. I like Cardi B's dress, although her wig was way too evident. I like their dress. I like Cardi B's dress better than Rihanna's. I gotta be fucking honest, you know? And then you know, shit like that, on and on and on and on. And then we watch this thing, and then you, you get involved in it. You, you, you get, like, immersed into it watching this. But then I just go like, well, what was the payoff of this? What's the story of this? Only thing I was paying attention other than like watching celebrities, you know, roll up the carpet. Some athletes such as Russell Westbrook. I think Lala Anthony was an interviewer on the Vogue channel. And I was, I was like, what the fuck is Carmelo here? You know, oh, uh, Dwayne Wade uh, with Gabriel Union showed up. And then Roger Feather was there. Which is cool. I was just go like, wow, Feather retired. And then like, he's here now. He's kind of like Henrik Lundqvist at this point. Uh, but... God damn, man. Uh, who the fuck was it? Sydney Sweeney. Because I'm getting spammed on Snapchat with her fucking gossip about her situation. The, she got engaged a year ago, if you don't know. And then, you know, Euphoria fans, all these fans are like going gaga over this chick. And I go like, all right. And then she got engaged last year, but then she did a movie with this other guy, Powell dude, Glenn Powell. And then the drama happened the last two months that were like, hey, they're so cozy up to each other, blah, blah, blah. But she's still wearing a ring. To a point where Glenn Powell's wife, they divorced, I think, or they were engaged and disengaged. I don't remember. And Glenn Powell's, the future Mrs. Powell, unfollowed Sydney Sweeney on Instagram. And Sydney Sweeney last week showed up without her ring. But yet all the sources, whoever these sources are, unnamed sources, are saying, no, the things are good between Sydney uh, Sweeney and her whatever fiance and then they show up and then she's not wearing a ring so all I paid attention to other than the pink dress that she had was like where's her fucking engagement ring bruh and she didn't fucking have it so I just go like okay so is she engaged or not or is it like is it disengaged am I behind on this shit see these are the things that I follow aside from following the NHL playoffs excuse me the Stanley Cup playoff um in the first round that was very fascinating and yada 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 so that's what's been happening. And then I just go, what is going on? And then what is this drama? The 25-year-old chick. I, I don't understand this Hollywood thing with the age thing where I just go like, all right, who, who the fuck was it? Megan Fox when she was like 18, 19. Brian Austin Grant when he was like fucking my age now went out with her and then they got married and pumped out two kids. And I just go like, all right, you know, back in the day, 20 years ago, it's okay, bro, bro. And then like, Brian, you hit that shit. But I, I look back and I'd be like, whoa. I feel sorry for Megan. It's like, what the fuck she gained out of this? Other than two kids. She lost her prime dating years. Well, albeit she looks the same, you know, and then went out with Machine Gun Kelly and all that. 
And I just look at you know Sydney Sweeney and all these people like they're going out with like really old dudes, and I'm like, all right, for old dudes it's just like yeah, I still got it, bro. I still got it. But for her, what's in it for her? I guess like moving up the career, you know, getting in the tabloid, and then like whatever. Hey, see, why can't people you know date their age group? Uh, I like older men. I like younger women. They're like okay, fine, buddy. But like I, I just go like this is this is I despite all the me too and all that shit. You know, some things never fucking change. <laughs> Alas, the Sydney Sweeney situation, which to a point I got interested in checking out in the Met Gala, and I don't give a shit about the Kardashians at this point. I see Kendall, and I'd be like, you know, them, you know, she's going out with Bad Bunny now. You know, the whole meme and the NBA Insta, NBA Twitter with the Kardashian is like, oh my god, which one is she gonna go after next? It was like, you know, it was uh. It was Ben Simmons with Kendall, and then it's going to be Devin Booker, and then who's going to be next? Who's going to be next? Did she go out with Blake Griffin? Oh, my God, she did. Uh, and then it was like, who's the up-and-coming star? Is it going to be John Morant? And then, like, who's going to suffer because of this? You know, because, you know, they, all these NBA players who are more global stars, potentially, are going to be signing NDAs and get on their knees for the Kardashians. And they probably know that. You know, that's what LeBron was advising, you know, Tristan Thompson on. But obviously, his dick does not think. So he decided to just like whatever, stick it in, and then now he's just a pedestrian rebound grabber, you know, and then probably not get on the Team Canada in the basketball in the future, but whatever. Maybe he still will, but I just go like these NBA players, you know, I just like some things just never change. Some things never change. Despite the changing social times, despite the technological advancement, some dick to whatever connection, regardless the age, as long as they're legal, uh, is does not change with the time, you know. So that, that's my commentary after watching Met Gala and then seeing Sydney Sweeney and all, you know, her drama and then seeing how Kim Kardashian comes up and she's just like, whatever, I'm just one of these now. You know, whatever she went through with Kanye. And then I go like, is Lamar Odom okay after all that? What happened? You know, a lot went through my mind just watching the Met Gala. But the main event, back to that, Rihanna, 2023, I am disappointed. I am having my Stephen A. Smith moment just going like, I cannot believe she showed up 30 minutes late. And then it's like, who does she think she is? And then like, and then like the, all that shit. Why, why am I getting inspired by Stephen A? Because like, you know, I talked about this last week. And then I don't think I made this point. Stephen A could potentially be replacing Tucker Carlson, which I just go like, I said this on an awful announcing media Facebook page when they said, oh, Stephen A might replace Tucker Carlson. I just say, Stephen A is just a skinny Jason Whitlock. If you follow sports media and columnists long enough, and then probably black sports media, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I just go like, these people, fucking loud mouth breathing morons, you know? I just go, how do they make Stephen A's case? $12 million. I talked about this in the ESPN episode when Rachel Nichols got fired during the bubble league, I think a couple of years ago. Go listen to that episode. Hire me as a diversity, you know, hire for ESPN. You know, I'll do what Stephen A does at the fraction of the cost and then you will get just as entertaining and then like better output than, than whatever he provides and then they pay him 12 million dollars for what? Oh, he gets all the viral views. He gets all the advertising dollars on YouTube, you know, ESPN network and everything. You know, it's like he works and then but then Stephen A, he's getting bigger than the brand itself, you know, and then he's just like, oh, I can't go to, I can't cross over. I want to do the political or late night show. And then I just go like, and then Stephen A seems to have like more independent thinking leaning, you know? I'd be like, hey man, <laughs> some suspect political commentary he has had 
whether it's like related to Ray Rice and other domestic violence situation, what did, you know, Ray Rice, Mrs. Rice say to Ray to make, you know, to make Ray do that? I was like, I'm sorry, you don't put a hand on a woman. I was like, you don't do that, but what did she say to trigger that? I'm not saying that you should put a hand on a woman. You know, shit like that. And then he gets 12 million doing that shit, and Tucker made how, do, how much? He made something close to that too, probably like 12, 15 or some shit. What, talking conspiracy theory nonstop, talking shit about their bosses to a point where Rupert Murdoch said, all right, Mike, you're done, and then, like, fucking cut him like that. Now, I could do that with a fraction of money. You know, last 319 episodes plus all the uh, half episodes that we got, the, you know, that we have had, off soaps, fucking listen to it. I am better than Stephen A. This is my fucking audio version of it, you know? So hire me, ESPN, and then I'll replace it for, like, I don't know, two million dollars, and then I'll do it for my home. And then you know, if you want to cut the travel expenses out of that, because Disney and y'all want to save some fucking money, I'll do it at a fucking discount too. You know, so I'm like, yeah, hire me for this shit. I can talk about the NHL. I can talk about the Met Gala. I can talk about fucking politics at this point. You know, I can do anything. I can do it, but definitely way less than twelve million (laughs) dollars. I just can't believe that that guy's making that much money. Him and, uh, what the fuck is his face? Skip Bayless, you know? And then all these other sports journalists. Don't don't think that I'm just, like, knocking on, you know, general commentators and journalists. Because, like, the specific embrace debate era of these people, I don't understand what they bring. Oh, ESPN's excuse. This is like a barbershop talk, you know, but on live, like, national television. Even, like, Colin Coward. And all these guys. And I just go like, what the fuck do they offer? What tangible value do they fucking offer? J.J. Reddick offers. He counterclaims the stupid shit. It's basically Tucker Carlson of sports and say, no, I'm fact-checking you because this is what happens. This is what happens with a hamstring injury. And then Stephen A. last week, you know, arguing about Kawhi Leonard's injury. And say he, that Kawhi is the worst, you know, superstar ever in the NBA. He should just retire. J.J. Reddick said, okay, Stephen A., you cannot compare, you know, quad injury to a fucking sprained ankle. They're, they're two different functions of the body for shooting the ball and running up and down the court, north-south. And Stephen A. sits there, nods and fucking listens, and then he just goes, I'm going to answer line by line to that, J.J. Okay, keep talking, keep talking. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Making $12 million talking what? Anecdotal evidence? And then you get people like Kendrick Perkins, like, you know the 50, 80% of the NBA voters are white. I just go, Kendrick is the next level. I just go, this guy went off the fucking rails too. It's like, just imagine that like these people would perfectly fit in Fox News and all that for talking nonsense. But you know what? Apparently that makes money. And I just go like, I'm not feeding that fucking money. You could have more constructive like conversation about this that JJ is trying to bring and I'm like all right let's talk about X's and O's blah 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 and I just go like you know and this and some of you might be like oh you know European sports media have a better coverage no they don't Did you see fucking pundits that's on fucking sky soccer and shit I'm sorry sky football you know all that shit you know I, I just go like no no like fucking Gary Neville and all these dumb motherfuckers taking Saudi money, they ain't no better. Just because they have an English accent, the moronic quality does not change at that sport level. The only difference is in UK, they call them pundits. In America, we call them Stephen A. Or fucking Skip, Skip, you know, all that shit. And Kendrick. 
It just, it, it's just so stupid. I, I can't believe I went into the sidetrack of the commentary of that because I just go, these people. And then some, you know, people are posting viral posts about Giannis answering the, uh, the question after he got eliminated from the NBA playoffs. Hey, is your season considered a failure? And then Giannis was like just flabbergasted going like, are you fucking serious? And I see the criticism of the journalist asking that question because Giannis is like, you asked this fucking question last year. And then I said to people on that question, and then he gave a very eloquent answer. He's like, is it, is it a failure? Because like, you know, whatever in the whole year is like, no, it's not a failure. It's like, you just didn't win. And people knock on that journalist guy for like, gotcha question. I don't think that was a bad question. I think that's a perfectly legitimate question at an emotional moment to see what Giannis is like capable of and how composed he is and how honest of a conver- like a conversationalist he could be. So I think the journalist in that case did his job asking the right question. Is this season a failure? If you're like given a context, you got fucking ass whooped by Miami Heat 4 to 1. Not even 4 to 3 in a game 7. You didn't even get to game 7. He was hurt, yada yada yada. Got eliminated in five games. In a first round. In number one seed, if I remember right. Number one or number two. That's a legitimate question. It feels like a failure because that's how the fans fucking feel. Especially with his injury. I don't think that was a bad question. And I think that got the best possible response that you could get. So I don't knock that questioning at all. Compared to that, Stephen A is a knucklehead. (laughs) Making $12 million a year. America, I'll just say. Anyways, I went off the rails on this, you know, talking about celebrity sports, the playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, Anyways, thanks for listening. Welcome to May. And then uh, May the 4th be with you the day after, you know, tomorrow. Uh, And then uh, we'll see you sometime down the road when we get to May. You know, oh my God, Mother's Day is coming up. Jesus, you know, reminder on that, it's May 14th this year. So before the next show. So uh, why don't we talk about that? All right. Peace out. You know, email me at a-show at aluta.com. A-show at aluta.com.